0: Hello friends, my name is Aris Josefina. I'm your host, and you are listening to the Planting Seeds Podcast. On the Planting Seeds Podcast, we explore how we can cultivate a more gentle relationship with our psychical bodies, the earth, each other, and the world around us through using our senses, science, the subtle, and the secret. On Planting Seeds, we talk about all those topics you've always wanted to talk about we are shamelessly opening up the conversations that we all so desperately need to settle in our precious bodies and relate to each other in a more open truthful and empowered way i'm so glad you're here today to a new episode of the Planting Seeds podcast. Today, I am sharing this space with Dr. Lydia, who is a biological dentist focusing on whole body health, specifically women's dental health and early childhood dental education through infant oral health and connection. Her mission as a dentist is to create the movement that empowers and educates women and mothers about the importance of preventative oral health. She is creating a liaison between gynecologists, pediatricians, and dentists to bridge the gap and discrepancies between the medical and dental world. As a dentist, she wants to create healthy and beautiful smiles that instill higher levels of happiness and confidence. Lastly, her mission is to significantly decrease the amount of disease children experience by focusing on health care instead of sick care and implementing an infant oral health system. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lydia. Thank you, honored to be here. So before we start diving into dental health, I'm just very curious what your journey is and how you ended up becoming a dentist and what made you decide to specialize in women's dental health?
1: So I always knew growing up, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. It was just my calling. I love taking care of people. And I loved health, I loved wellness, and I just wasn't sure which sect I was going to go into. And when my brother got into dental school after we moved back to the States when I was 16, we were living overseas for 16 years. When he went into dentistry, I'm like, hmm, you know, like, you know, I never considered being a dentist. And But then I started thinking about it. I had such a great experience with my childhood dentist growing up. He was amazing and he took really good care of our teeth. So I didn't have any phobias or anything, but long story short, I did a lot of different internships in various areas of health and dentistry felt really right for me because it just, you could teach, you can create, you can work with patients, you can create courses, work with family. So then both of my siblings and I became dentists. So all three of us are dentists, but it wasn't until after I got pregnant and had my first baby that women's dental health was born, I actually lost a front tooth because my front tooth got infected during my pregnancy. And I was walking around with no front tooth, the implant got infected. And I was like, if me as a dentist is going through this, and I was also suffering from hyperemesis gravidarum, where I was vomiting seven to 14 times daily for eight months during the pregnancy. So it took a real big toll mentally and on my oral health. And thankfully, my brothers were helping take care of my oral health. I'm like, if I'm going through things like this, let me see if other women are. And long and behold, 65 to 70% of women during and after pregnancy experience some sort of reversible or a lot of irreversible dental disease. And a lot of it can be prevented. So then I just went down that rabbit hole and kind of created it.
0: What a story. And, (laughs) you know, it's also... Like, we are not taught that dental health is so closely related to our menstrual health or fertility that it can affect our pregnancies. Like, now there is more research coming out. And in the Netherlands, I have actually seen, where I'm from, I've actually seen dentist practices that give information about the importance of understanding the correlation between uh, pregnancy and dental care. But many people don't know. No, and that's what
1: shocked me. So just a little bit of a a side story. I was working in Saudi Arabia in Aramco. It's the biggest oil company in the world. And they hired me straight out of residency to see all the women because I spoke Arabic and I was American trained and I was seeing all the American expats out there working in Saudi. And I noticed all the women had very... Very destroyed mouths. And this was before having babies. I was single back then and I was just, it was just me. And I was like, gosh, what's going on? The bulb started, you know, lighting, but I wasn't sure. Like I didn't connect the dots, but it wasn't until I went through it as a dentist, as a woman and as a mom. And I was like, Oh my God, it is so related because not only is it important for the woman to take care of her oral health for her own health benefits, but it's also dental disease is familial. So if I, as a mother, I'm suffering from periodontal disease or lots of dental decay, I'm going to pass that on to my children and it's going to impact them before they're born and after they're born. Periodontal disease has been linked to premature labor and lower birth weights. And it just makes so much sense because you have a source, an open faucet of inflammation in your mouth and that's traveling to the rest of your body and that's going to affect the fetus, and it's going to affect your joints and your heart and your brain and everything. So it's so, so important. Yeah.
0: People should really know this. (laughs) Could you maybe take a moment to share with us, like, what is the connection between our hormones, our teeth, and our gum health, so people really understand, like, why this is so important? Sure. I love presenting it as simple as possible, because that's how it's going to get to
1: the masses. In a nutshell, our oral tissue is very similar to our vaginal tissue. Like cellular-wise, they are very, very similar. The structure, like the turnover rate, vaginal tissue heals very quickly, and so does your oral tissue, like if you get a cut or something. Hormonally, we have hormone receptors. There are the same types of receptors in our vaginal and fertility area for tissues as it is in our mouth. What does that mean? So mostly for women, it's estrogen, progesterone. Those are the big ones. There is also cortisol and there is relaxin during pregnancy and that's the hormone that's released to relax your ligaments so that you can successfully and beautifully have a baby vaginally. Hormones don't discriminate. We have these hormone receptors in our gums and in the ligaments that hold our teeth in our jawbone. Those are called periodontal ligaments. So let's talk about relaxin, for example. It's a hormone that we release towards the end of our pregnancy, throughout our pregnancy and definitely while we're going through labor and after pregnancy. We have relaxin receptors also in our periodontal ligaments. So A lot of women, while they're pregnant, or soon after they deliver, time after time, especially women who've had three to four consecutive babies, they're finding that their teeth are shifting. And my mother-in-law, she told me every single time she delivered one of her babies, the right side of her face, her teeth would shift slowly, 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 slowly. And then when I told her it was probably the relaxin, it just made so much sense. So relaxin allows your ligaments to relax and that they don't discriminate, and we have ligaments of, around all of our teeth, and that's what happens. It causes teeth shifting during pregnancy. Couple that with the stress of being pregnant, or the stress of being in labor and giving birth, and clenching and grinding, that adds insult to injury and causes teeth to shift even more. So that's relaxing. We can talk estrogen. We have estrogen receptors around our joints. A lot of women experience a lot of TMD, temporomandibular disorders. And we have these estrogen receptors in our joints that when they're frequently stimulated, they cause variation in the cortication of our bone up there in our joint. And that causes a lot of TMD in women, especially when coupled with stress, grinding. So that we have shifting in our teeth We have shifting in the cortication of the bone in our joints because of the estrogen, and that shifts the way the mouth is operating and the way that the teeth are coming together. And when the teeth come together in a non-harmonious way, that starts impacting head and neck pain, migraines, teeth grinding and clenching, teeth breaking, and that just leads to a lower quality of life if you're constantly experiencing orofacial pain. So I work with a lot of women to explain this to them and to see how to solve the problem as they're going through the various transitions in life. So that's one example with regards to the hormones.
0: Wow. I'm like, my mind is like constantly being blown (laughs) with everything (laughs) that you say. And it made me think too, because my teeth, I know my period is coming when my teeth are a bit looser. There you go. So in your
1: case, so what happens is that maybe you feel that a sense that they're looser, but probably what's happening is that, so I didn't talk about estrogen with regards to your gums. So when your period's coming, the estrogen's rising, right? Progesterone's right. So as the hormones are rising, we have estrogen receptors in our gums and that makes our gums a lot more sensitive to plaque. So I just had breakfast, for example, around my period, I feel my gums are a lot more sensitive to the plaque after breakfast versus when I'm done with my period. It just, I feel a difference in my mouth. So because estrogen makes our gums a lot more sensitive and more inflammatory prone to plaque. And so does the progesterone. It's very important during these transitions to pay extra attention to our home hygiene during pregnancy to go to the dentist a lot more frequently. I was getting dental cleanings every single month during my pregnancy because of that estrogen, progesterone rise, and just the sensitivity that I was having in my mouth. And then when the estrogen receptors are stimulated in our jaw, that also makes you feel like your jaw is a little looser. So yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) This is quote unquote normal to happen Or is this something, when that happens, it's like a cue of your body that you really should start paying attention or support your body in a way so that this doesn't happen so much?
1: Yeah, such a great question. As females, we have our hormones, we have our vaginal tissue, we have our receptors everywhere. So we were born with this. So it's super duper normal. What's not normal is for your gums to be bleeding and flaring up. What's not normal is for you to be experiencing orofacial pain during or after your period or during or after your pregnancy. What's not normal is for you to get a root canal during your pregnancy because of high acidity in your mouth. So the hormonal aspect of it, you're going to go through your menstrual cycle. That's just how God made us, right? It's a part of life. But during that time, there's a solution as to not to make any irreversible damage. That's the key point that I'd like to make here. These fluctuations are normal. So when a girl starts going through puberty, that's going to be a huge fluctuation in hormones in her body, and that's going to impact her not only physically, dentally, and mentally. And we need to focus on the mental component because when mentally we're in another place or when we're not feeling well, we're not going to take care of ourselves unless we're aware that we need to take care of ourselves. So let's talk for a a teenage girl, or like girls are getting their periods a little earlier these days, but they're in middle school, high school, where whatever age they're at when they're getting their period, a lot of them, it's just a really tough time in schools, especially nowadays, I, I don't know where you're living, but I'm in the States, there's a lot of bullying going around, there's a mental component, and then these kids aren't eating the healthiest diets, so, the hormones are going crazy. Diets are not very healthy. There's a huge mental, emotional component. They start getting their periods. And a lot of doctors are putting girls on birth control so much earlier. So, there's a lot of insult added to the injury. And that's what causes the irreversible damage that I'm seeing. And then with a teenage girl, couple that with braces. A lot of them, that's when they start getting their orthodontic care. And it's just things start flaring up, gum disease starts flaring up, cavities start flaring up. And when you start getting one cavity after another, that's what's not normal. And that's where I want to come in to shed light on it.
0: Wow. I'm so happy that you mentioned the braces because I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, when I was 14, I had braces. One year later, I went on the pill and I always had so much pain in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because the pill, what is the pill? It's hormonal dysregulation. And when you have a constant influx of hormonal dysregulation, it's not going to do our body well and our bone, the quality of our joints, it's going to cause from irreversible damage. So that's so funny you say that. But yeah, braces. So when I see girls with braces, I take an extra like 30 to 45 minutes to educate them about what's happening How the teeth are moving, why it's so important for them to keep their teeth clean and eat healthy and sleep with their mouth closed and not breathe through their mouth. So dental decay and dental disease is hormones and it's habits. And there are certain things we can control as in life and there's certain things that are out of our control. And I think it's really important that us as women, we focus on what we can control. So for a young girl and she's in braces, it's really important to talk to her about diet and it's really important to show her a picture of what can happen if she doesn't take care of her teeth during this time. And I find that to be one of the most effective ways to connect with teenagers, especially as you're going through all the mental changes that you go as a teenager when you're getting your period and boys and feelings and hormones and just, you know, and now like Instagram and social media doesn't make it really easy on these girls. So. I connect with them and I look them eye to eye and I tell them, listen, it's a hard stage that you're in right now, but the more you take care of yourself right now, you're going to come out of this with a full set of healthy teeth, with gums, without bone loss, because if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And I show them real pictures and sometimes they're shocked and sometimes they don't like it, but I'd rather them be bothered by that than to be crying later after going through the process saying, I wish my dentist would have told me because that's something I hear every single day from older women.
0: I wish somebody would have showed a picture like that to me when I was younger. <laughs> <It's>, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's super powerful. Kids nowadays are super visual. I think because of social media, they don't have the attention span to sit and listen to you as to why and to just feel it. And I mean, I've slowed down as I've gotten older and wiser, so I'm not expecting that of them. So showing them that picture is huge because they're shocked and, oh my God, I don't want to look that way. And with women, prenatal dental health, I'm going to make that a thing. I am making a, a thing. It's a myth to say that a woman shouldn't go to a dentist, that it's unsafe to go to a dentist. It's a myth to say that a tooth is lost per child is born. That's what they used to say in the old days. So all this is coming from a long time ago, but it's just, these are all myths. The more you frequent and visit your trusted dentist, the better the prognosis is after you give birth. And we haven't even spoken about breastfeeding and nutrients and calcium and potassium and all that. Um, but it's super duper important, all of this, yeah.
0: It definitely is. Like I'm in my preconception phase right now. And ever since I discovered about the connection between hormones and dental health. like I've been reading up so much and that's why I'm so excited also to be talking to you because I'd also love to know what people, let's say people hear this for the first time right now on this podcast and they're like, oh my God, maybe I've ruined it already. What are ways that they can start supporting themselves? This is such a great question and I'm always hopeful and optimistic. So
1: even for the person who did get the root canal or who did lose a tooth, I always say everything is fixable and outable. Marie Forleo says that and I teach that to my daughters. So it's very important not to have any regret. That creates unnecessary stress, unnecessary cortisol in your body and that can have a detrimental effect more than just figuring out how to deal with it. So what do I tell patients? It's so important to find a dental home. And what do I mean by that? You need to feel good at the dentist. Dentists have such a bad reputation and people, I I hear, I don't like the dentist. I hate the dentist all the time. And I don't blame them because when you go and you're getting rushed dental work and then you go back home and you're not informed as to what's going on, it makes it really difficult for you to want to go back. So take, for example, you're a patient in my clinic, you'd love to conceive, this is the best time for you to come to my clinic, preconception. Because we want to solve any issues or any budding infections, we want to resolve that before it happens. Because what happens when you hopefully do get pregnant in the near future, your immunity is going to downregulate because you don't want your body to be rejecting your baby as it's implementing and sealing itself into your body You want to create a wholesome body for that baby to to grow in. So you don't want any sources of infection or high acidity stemming from your your mouth, and acidity and inflammation. So getting routine dental cleanings is very important. Paying attention to the diet, eating dental detergent foods like vegetables, broth, nutrient-dense food is very important. So finding a dental home paying attention to the diet, having a very awesome hygiene practice at home, because I, I bet you that when you do get pregnant, you're going to become super duper tired, especially in your first trimester. That's what happens most of the time, because you're building a baby after all. So it's super important for you to be aware of certain hygiene hacks. For example, I was vomiting a lot during my pregnancy. I wasn't able to put a regular toothbrush in my mouth. So patients that are experiencing severe nausea and extreme vomiting or vomiting morning sickness during the first or second trimester, I tell them to use a baby toothbrush and that helps tremendously for them to be able to get in there, clean and get out. It's little tiny hacks like this that makes the process so much less gruesome for them to be dealing with afterwards. The last thing you want is after you have your beautiful baby, is to be dealing with like six cavities. And that's what happens time after time after time. And it's because just the built-up was built, the hormones made you more sensitive to the plaque and more bacteria had a ball, created a lot of acidity, and then that led to all the dental disease. So I said dental home, hygiene, nutrition, supplementation, a lot of pregnant women don't get enough vitamin K2. K2 and magnesium are so important and D3 to uptake calcium from your environment, from the foods you're eating and deposit the calcium not only into the cells, but direct them to the correct location in your cells and your bones and your teeth. So that's really important. And lastly, habits. If you're mouth breathing, you're shooting yourself in the foot. If you're, because when you mouth breathe, you lose immunity to your mouth. You dry up your saliva. And when your saliva dries up, the bad bacteria love it. And they go crazy and they have a ball. And literally I've seen dental decay develop within months of a person, uh, mouth breathing, like getting on a medication that dries them up or someone who has a habit of mouth breathing, they can develop decay very, very fast. So I tried to compress that (laughs) as best that I can. Hopefully it, it makes sense.
0: Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And it makes me think, I have two more questions for you. So, first of all, it makes me think about if you're going to get pregnant, you obviously receive sperm of a man. Mm -hmm. Does male dental health have an impact on their sperm as well? Oh my God, such a great question. I'm so glad you
1: asked that. Yes, 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 yes. We tend to forget that we have a male counterpart, (laughs) you know, because everything is so focused on the woman. But, yes. So men with periodontal disease, this is research backed, have been shown to take seven to eight months longer to conceive because that inflammation causes lower sperm count and lower sperm motility. So that is huge because it's not just on the women with regards to fertility. And I'm actually creating content about this right now. It's the man needs to be taking care of his oral health as well, because that also impacts the quality of the sperm and how fast the sperm goes. And as we all know, both of those are very important for optimal conception.
0: It it makes so much sense, but then it's also, why is nobody telling us this? I don't know. I don't know, but... That's
1: why, I mean, I shifted my entire practice. I was practicing, I still practice cosmetic dentistry and my brother does implant dentistry, but I've shifted my entire practice, the majority of it to women's dental health and early childhood dental education because that's where we can make a true shift. Dental disease is the number one chronic disease worldwide. It affects half of the world. 530 million children yearly are impacted by dental disease. And that can all be prevented. It's like crazy that it can be prevented and no one's talking about it. But yeah, it's incredible. It makes so much sense. And, you know, it's obvious. Like when I'm talking about it, it's like, oh, it's obvious, but it's just not so obvious to the majority. And, and I, I think it's it's the practitioner's responsibility to be educating about this. I think gynecologists, internal medicine doctors, people in hospitals need to be checking children's mouths and women's mouths and directing them to their dentist because When you see a woman come mid-pregnancy, suffering from a dental infection like I did, or a broken tooth, or a mercury filling that's broken, it just breaks my heart because I know how easy it could have been to fix beforehand. And it just adds unnecessary stress on her body and the baby's body. And with children, when the mother's mouth is healed and the mother is aware, or the caretaker, if it's not the mother, children catch on and monkey see, monkey do. And a lot of dental phobia that I see in adulthood, whether it's females or males, most of it stems from childhood. And that can be completely eradicated if each dentist took the time to spend with the child. I have introductory meetings where I don't touch the child I teach moms how to clean their baby's teeth before teeth come in. That's when you start cleaning your baby's mouth. So you don't wait for teeth to come in. You start before that for multiple reasons. But one of the biggest reasons is for neuro-linguistic programming, like program your child early on that they're going to have something in their mouth that's going to clean their mouth so that when you transition to toothbrushing, it becomes easier and a lot better for your child.
0: That is such a good idea Yeah. because, of course, teething for children, it can be traumatic because it's so painful for them. And then when you're going to come in with this brush that they've never seen and they're in pain, it's so smart to introduce that in the moment when they're not having teeth coming through yet to make it a habit so that they're used to it. That's so smart. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I see it in my own children. My assistant, her first two children were born in Armenia and France, and her third child, and she didn't do any of this stuff. And then after she started working with me, I told her, can you do this and this and that with regards to cleaning her baby's mouth earlier? And she told me that her youngest son loves to brush his teeth, is okay going to the dentist, he has no resistance to brushing and flossing, and he doesn't have any cavities. Whereas her two older ones, they have more resistance. And that's not because they're bad kids or they're, you know, they're resisting for the sake of resisting. It's just they weren't used to it. And then all of a sudden, you want to put a brush in their mouth. Like, why? Why, mom, are you putting a brush in my mouth now? It didn't come as easy for them. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And then we haven't even like scratched the surface about the psychological turmoil that a mother goes through when her child needs to be put under for dental care, whether psychologically draining, financially draining, and energetically draining. So yeah, that all can be prevented.
0: I'm so happy that you're saying that this can all be prevented because people should know this so that they don't have to go through all of that when it's actually pretty easy to prevent it. If I'm hearing what you're sharing and how we can take care of ourselves, it's pretty simple if you know the steps. It's super simple, but it does take some time, you know,
1: just like anything worthwhile. You need to invest a little bit of time. And if you're not perfect all the time, that's okay. I live by the 80-20 rule, you know? There are some nights where my children don't brush their teeth, where I'm just so busy with everything else and I'm so drained and I've done like most of their routine. It doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while it does. And that's not going to cause them a cavity. It's what you do most of the time. And it's not just brushing and flossing. It's really taking responsibility of what we're putting into our system and our diet and what we're eating and feeding our kids. It's looking at, are we breathing through our nose or our mouth? What kind of medications are we using? A lot of antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, high blood pressure medications. These medications are drying out our mouths. When our mouth is dry, we're more susceptible to getting cavities. So it's so multifactorial. It's not just brushing and flossing. It's hormonal. It's psychological and that's where when you find a dental home where you feel comfortable, where they take the time to educate you on all this, you're gonna wanna come back to this dental home to get your cleanings. And I also put all my patients on a three-month recall. What does that mean? If you're a patient of mine, you need to get cleanings every three months. And I'm finding such a huge difference with regards to the three months versus the six months because a lot can happen in six months, especially in the past two years. Life shifted for a lot of people. Stress levels have risen. So the more you focus on the preventive aspect and be super aggressive with the preventive aspect, the less likely you're going to need aggressive treatment in the future. So, and it's a familial thing. Like when you have a healthy mouth and a smile that you confidently can use and smile with, you live a better life. You're more confident. You show up better. You feel better. And it's a better quality of life hundred percent i've seen it day in day out and first and foremost starting with me
0: thank you so much for sharing all of this this is gold like you're sharing liquid gold disinformation thank you <laughs> thank you it's my honor yeah so important and there is one last thing that i would like to go into a little bit deeper and that is the effects of hormonal birth control on our gum and teeth health and how we can support our bodies after we quit this hormonal birth control and how we can potentially get our gums and our teeth back on track? That's such a super great question. So when I'm evaluating
1: patients, I look at all the hormonal surges that they've gone through. And when they tell me they've taken birth control, I always ask them for how long have they taken them. Now for anyone who's taken birth control I don't want them to feel like, oh my God, panicky and scared. All I ask is for them to look into the type of birth control that they're taking, the levels of the hormones that they're taking, and just see how their body feels with it. With regards to teeth, I always, for anyone who's taking birth control where they have to take it, I have them come to the clinic for dental cleanings, not every three months, but every two months. A lot of these times these cleanings are blood baths. The amount of bleeding that happens when a woman is taking birth control is unbelievable. And sometimes I bring them into clinic every month until the bleeding is under control. So from a dentist professional perspective, if you're taking birth control, please visit your dentist a lot more until your bleeding has leveled out. And if it doesn't, I'd consider changing your birth control or seeing other methods of preventing pregnancy. And if your birth control is prescribed for acne or regulating your period, I would definitely get off of the birth control and look into the root cause of the acne and the period pains. We're not going to get into that obviously right now. But with regards to the dental health, you need to find a dentist that you feel comfortable talking to and working with. Home care. I want you to be rinsing with baking soda rinse every single day. I don't believe in mouthwash. Most mouthwash is BS. It has alcohol in it that messes up your oral microbiome. And your oral microbiome is already compromised because of the birth control. So baking soda rinses, that's the best mouthwash that can just neutralize any unnecessary acidity in your mouth. I take one teaspoon of baking soda. to about 10 ounces of water. Mix it up, and that should last you about two days because the baking soda does end up neutralizing. Flossing, 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 and brushing, brushing, brushing are so, so, so important because even if you're unable to brush very thoroughly for any reason, like for example, say you're pregnant and you're very tired, the progesterone makes you very, very tired when as it rises. It's okay, even if you can get in and clean like 50% of your mouth, that will decrease 50% of the Insult that you will experience in your mouth. And if you're on birth control, just pay attention to what you're eating. Make sure you're eating healthy. If they put you on birth control to regulate period pains and acne, probably diet and gut health is huge for you. And I think making a shift to focusing on your nutrition should be a primary shift that you make. And that can only, not only help your overall body, but definitely your dental wellness and your teeth and gums. And lastly, make sure that you're not deficient in vitamin D, vitamin K2 and magnesium um, because your body needs that, especially while you're on that birth control as you're a lot more sensitive and susceptible to dental disease and dental decay.
0: Such amazing tips, Lydia. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And this is definitely going to help a lot of people. I'm 100% sure of that.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and to be talking about this. This is really my like life's mission because all of this is just so unnecessary, uh, all the trauma that people go through. And I work with a lot of families that have generational dental trauma. And you'd be surprised how a mother can pass on her trauma to her child. And working with these families just has been such an eye-opener that they need more time. They need more TLC. And then once they regain trust in you as a dentist, then you can do whatever you want with them. Obviously, with regards to dental work that they need and they'll listen and they'll be more likely to follow hygiene routines and more likely to come in four times a year or five times a year instead of twice a year or once a year. You can catch things a lot earlier when a patient comes four to five times a year versus twice or once a year. And that's where the flow needs to happen.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And also the generational part. I feel that my mom was like hating on the dentist and I felt that as a child. (laughs) Like it's true. (laughs) If you grow up hearing your mom not liking the dentist
1: for I'm sure like rightful reasons to her, right? what's that doing to your brain cells? What's that programming you as a child? Versus if you wake up to the world with your mouth getting cleaned with a soft washcloth and your mom singing to you cute dental songs and you watch a show about Daniel Tiger going to the dentist and then you go to the dentist just to meet him and her and say hello and get familiar with the vibe of it and eating carrots and cucumbers and celery sticks kind of to cleanse your mouth at the end of the evening if you want a snack instead of goldfish and pretzels it's a shift it's a paradigm shift that needs to happen and it is happening i believe that it is going to happen but i need the help of people like you who have these beautiful podcasts that reach like masses because if you heal one mom it's a ripple effect she's going to tell all her other mom friends and she's going to have her husband make some shifts and more than likely she'll make shifts for her children of course so yeah it's so important and then monkey see monkey do if they see you as a mom you're brushing and flossing and you're visiting the dentist and you're getting a cleaning and you're so happy with your dentist and you educate them in a beautiful, non-aggressive, non-forceful way, it flows. It needs to flow. We can't be hypocrites as dentists and we can't be hypocrites as parents and expect our children to do something that we aren't. So we need to show them things, not just by verbally speaking, like, go brush your teeth. How about, like, let's brush our teeth together. Let's help each other brush our teeth. I let my daughters, quote unquote, brush my teeth and it empowers them. It gives them like a sense of being like, oh, they're also helping mommy brush their teeth. So I'm, you know, I'm going to brush my own teeth as well. Or I let them help me floss. It's little things like that
0: that make such a huge difference. It's so beautiful to learn from you, Lydia. I can listen to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. And I usually end the podcast with the question like, how do you feel that you plant seeds in the world? But I feel with you, it's so clear, like what your mission is, what you love, what you want for people and their dental health and supporting families. And I think it's just so incredible what you do. And I believe there should be more of you in every single country in the world. Thank you so, so, so much for sharing your wisdom on here and would you like to share where people can find you if they want to learn more about your work
1: sure Uh, first of all you're so welcome i love the work that you're doing it's incredible and thank you for having me on it's an honor you can find me on instagram at dr lydia d-r-l-e-e-d-i-a and we're working on my website right now, but there's a landing page where you can contact my office for appointments or questions. It's drlydia.com, or you can email me at hello at drlydia.com. So any of these portals.
0: Amazing. Thank you again so much for coming on. And I'm sure that so many people will be mind blown and inspired by all of the beautiful things you shared with us today. Thank you so much. The honor is mine. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please, please, please share it with others, with your friends, with your family, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or a review on all the platforms. To catch all the latest news from me, you can follow at the Planting Seeds Podcast on Instagram or at Cycle Seeds on Instagram, or you can go to my website, www.cycleseeds.com. Thank you again so much, and I'll see you next time.